on it, Max. I'm sick and tired of you derailing this show. He needs to learn how to wrap that thing up. What's happening, everybody? This is the Philly Experience Podcast. I'm um, your host, Max Kratzula, joined by Tanner Go Martin. Entire hood, as always. Guys, we're Do we know it's hard. A solid victory uh, over the San Francisco 49ers and take a look ahead. Solid. Uh, this upcoming weekend, uh, tomorrow afternoon, actually, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, where Carson Wentz is going to try to lead the Eagles to a second uh, straight road victory. We'll see if he's able to pull it off. Also, Doc Rivers gets hired in Philadelphia by the 76ers. We'll see if he's able to unlock the potential with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons together. We know it's hard. And a big-time name hired in, or fired, excuse me, in Philadelphia, Matt Klintak. Uh Not fired, but stepped down as general manager, so we'll see uh, who replaces him. And out! Agreed, T. Agreed. Uh, we'll see if uh, we can find somebody good enough to replace him and get some bullpen help and maybe uh, sign JT Real Muto. So we'll touch on all that and more, including the NBA Finals as well. So. Woo! Uh, let's let's dive into it. See, we want to get your opinion on the Eagles game last Sunday. Also, look ahead to tomorrow's game. But uh, you got to like what you see at least on the in the win column. But uh, everything wasn't perfect. But uh, there's some positives definitely to take away, wouldn't you say? I can I can take the dub. I can take the way they won. Um, I, I I it was scrappy and I respect it. They did not give up. Um, all around good effort by the team. My thing is, um, I think I was asked um, as well, you know, are, do you expect an Eagles win streak? And that's when I, I start to raise my eyebrow because I'm not 100% sure if I'm ready to say it. Um, they can go on a win streak because, yes, um, I'm not going to complain about a dub. I'm, I'm never going to complain about a dub. However, we're talking about a team that didn't have its starting quarterback. Um, most of it's starting defensive players weren't playing. Richard Sherman wasn't playing. Nick Bosa wasn't playing. So a lot of things you got to put into perspective. I mean, they started Nick Mullins. I mean, who the hell is Nick Mullins? Let's be honest here. So, I mean, dude, this is a guy that was featured, all right, on Sunday Night Football. Okay, his mug is smacked in in front of everybody on camera. And he got he got more recognition than Carson Wentz, even though Carson Wentz is struggling this year. Like, that's ridiculous. But anyway, we're not talking about that right now. Um, it's, it's just hard for me to wrap around the fact that, you know, this team can go on a win streak. I mean, now you're going up against a Pittsburgh team now. You know, they still have their offense, and this defense is still questionable for me. I mean, yes, they lead the league in sacks at this point, but it took them up till week four to finally get some turnovers. I mean, they're they're the third worst team in turnover differential. So that's a problem. That's something that they really have to work on is getting those turnovers on defense, man. Like it, yeah. it, and it's that, it's until they improve those things where I won't I, is when I'll start to feel confident in this team. Until then, uh, I gotta take it week by week. I'm sorry, I can't. Start yeah, we talked about future. we we talked about the turnover thing on 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 the bird's nest uh, earlier this week. And uh, we were able to get a couple of key ones in key situations, able to shrink the field. And that led to a couple of easy, well, I can say easy points, but a couple of short fields where we were able to get points. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also had names that we never heard of really step up, including Travis Fulgram, T. 
Uh, do you think that uh, Travis Fulgham should stay, or uh, is this just a one uh, one hit wonder? I mean, I hope he does stay. I mean, that was a hell of a catch, man. That was a perfect throw, and that was a perfect catch, man. Uh, I, I hope he does catch on. I mean, I need one of these unknown guys to catch on because let's be honest here. Alshon Jeffrey, he was ruled out. All right, Deshaun Jackson was ruled out. All right, our figure Whiteside ain't worth two cents. I mean, that's Tanner would always. What's say. he here for? Yeah, so I, I need one of these receivers to stick. Seriously, like I need some of these receivers to stick. And that's another thing. And I'm not making excuses for Carson again. And I've been very critical of Carson um, this this year. But yeah, let's be honest it, here. The receivers. It goes back. It goes back to us not being able to beat the Bengals and not being able to yes. beat the, the, uh, watching the football team. So how much confidence can you really have going forward with when we lose games like that or tie in, in the Bengals case? But it, then. You go on the road, and you—I mean—you do get the job done, like you said. But you beat a backup quarterback. Uh, you don't have Raheem Mostert there either mm-hmm. in the backfield. So there's there's some big pieces missing. Right, and that's my thing, man. I can't take stock into a win in which some of the players were missing. So when um, when these players start to step up, now they beat a team like Pittsburgh. And maybe I'm going to raise my eyebrow a little bit. Well, okay, maybe this team can get on the roll here. Okay, they beat Pittsburgh. You know, that's that's not an easy team to beat. You know, they still have Ben Roethlisberger. They still have receivers out there on the outside. Their defense is still formidable. So if they beat a team like Pittsburgh, I'll, okay, that's going to raise my confidence a little bit, but I'm still going to take it week by week. Like you said, those losses, especially that week one loss against the Washington football team, that took me through, man, that took me through some emotions because yeah. you had a lead and you just blew it. You allow the team to come back. So I'm sorry. My confidence just isn't there for this team right now. Now, the either you Either of you think that with the Steelers like forced by week, I guess you can say, is that going to play into their favor, or is that going to benefit the Eagles being able to play? Uh, you know, each week so far, not having to take two weeks off. I know they have injuries and they could have used the bye as well, but uh, what do you think? Do you think that the uh, that the Steelers go in here with an advantage or no? Uh, I'm I'm gonna say I really I gotta say no only because like I said, I'm not really confident in this Eagles football team. And regardless of where the bye comes in, you still got to play football regardless of, you know, regardless of the situation. Remember, we had an early bye in Carson Wentz's rookie year, and that pretty much derailed the momentum. So it could be quite possible that, you know, this Steelers bye, this Steelers forced bye week um, could possibly play in the Eagles' favor because, you know, their bodies are still in rhythm. Their bodies has are, you know, are still battle-tested. So, you know, it could play into the Eagles' favor, but honestly, I just don't think so. Yeah, I want to say that it could also benefit the Eagles, but they did have um, some rest and more ability to practice, even though it was kind of some confusion at, at times during when the game was canceled. They didn't, they, I don't think they were allowed to practice the first couple of days yeah. in, before they tested their players, but it could benefit the Eagles. I think, honestly, I think what's really – going to change is how Carson once plays in this game. I think that's obviously going to be the deci- deciding factor. A lot of people are already saying, all right, Carson's back. Um, people that have been on, on the Wentz wagon this whole season, those, those brave individuals, yeah, they, they are uh, they're already a little too confident now that Carson finally won. It was during prime time. So it was even better for them. Um, his stats Boy, weren't that great that? compared to uh Mullins he went I believe I have the stats right here 18 of 28 with just the touchdown he rushed seven times for 37 yards so he was the uh the second uh 
leading rusher. He was behind. He was still behind Sanders, who also is definitely going to be um, something to talk about during this game because he, we we know he's from Pittsburgh. He grew up in Pittsburgh, and he's going to be playing his first NFL game in Pittsburgh. So it's going to be interesting to watch how he plays and performs in front of family and friends and if that's going to be a factor with his play. Yeah, listen, he's been banged up the last few games. And when Doug Peterson's been asked in his press conference, he says that uh, he's, he's gone to Corey Clement in certain situations. It's, so it's all situational football, in his opinion. Um, and he hasn't really stated that Miles Sanders has been hurt. But you can tell, um, you know, since he had that hamstring injury early on in the season, um, there's been times where he hasn't looked 100% healthy. So I think going forward, as long as you can keep him fresh, because he's probably your best player on the offensive side of the ball, skill-wise. I know people say Zach Ertz. I'm not buying that at this point of, of what I've seen. I think Miles Sanders is now your best player. I'm starting to truly buy into his three-down back you know, mentality, so to speak. So uh, I think that Miles Sanders going forward and in years to come is really going to be one of your key pieces on offense. And uh, I think that we're just missing – a backup running back to compliment him in a way. I don't think honestly, Corey yes. Clement, yeah, Corey Clement and, and Boston Scott are good gadget players, but there's no real one uh, a, there's no one a to Miles Sanders, one beast type of, you know, being able to carry the ball out of the backfield quickly on the outside, but also being able to get those strong runs up the middle and also goal line work. We haven't really been able to uh, have like, have a bruiser. Like I mentioned previously, the Garrett Bond or somebody to get those, get those touchdowns on those one or two yard carries. So uh, hopefully going forward that we can find, uh, we can find a, a back to compliment him in the off season. So that's and that my... really shores up your running back position. Yeah. I finally think we have a running back that we can count on going forward. Like, yes. Okay. Sanders is going to be there. Hopefully around 15, 16 games doesn't get banked up. You know, we pray. And see, that's but, my uh, argument yeah. with, um, with Boston Scott real quick. Um, don't get me yeah. wrong. I think Boston Scott definitely came through last year in the clutch and he came through at the right time and he had some huge runs at the right time. However, um, he's really a he's he's like a Miles Sanders a little bit, but with some Darren Sproles size and catching ability. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like that's not really a good backup match per se. Right if, now, if Miles fit. Sanders was a bruiser back, then yes, I would say that's a good match. However, you basically have two of the same running backs um, going one and two. Miles Sanders is basically the same as a Boston Scott, you really need a bruiser to kind of, you know, bring that thunder and lightning mentality. And like, and I'm going to be honest with you, Boston Scott really hasn't looked that good this year. Um, I've looked at the tape, red iron films. Look, he's not looking that hot him or matter of fact, Corey Kamen hasn't looked hot, you know, since the Super Bowl. to be honest with you. So they really need to go out and try to find a backup running back for Miles Sanders. Seriously. Yeah. Last game, they both rushed for, uh, combined four yards um it jalen hurts was the second leading or he was the third behind uh it goes miles carson and jalen hurts he was rushing better than those two guys i just don't think there's they're not doing well back there and i think they need to figure out uh the situation which we know it will figure out i'm sure they'll get a practice squad player in there and whole impress. We had Adams um, a few years, uh, was that two years ago? And um, that really improved our running game down the stretch. And I think they'll get it figured out, but right now it's just not working out. And it's something that they need Mm -hmm. to work out because they need to depend on the rush game for the way that Carson's been playing through the air recently. 
Agreed. So do you like the fact that we're using the gadget plays with Hurts? I mean, he's been in there a few times. There's been a couple fumbles. It doesn't look really, uh, you know, coordinated. I don't know if that's because of lack of practice time and things like that. But do you expect them to continue to use those kind of trick plays or wildcat formations? Look, as Peter Lavalette once said. I'm not putting up with it. It's too much horse It's too much. This is how you're going to justify taking Jalen Hurts in the second round. You're just going to throw him in on a couple of gadget plays. Are you bleeping kidding me? And you think that's going to satisfy me? No, no. T, come on. No, that's not going to come satisfy on. me. No, absolutely not. That's not going to satisfy me. Boo. I'm sorry. T, can, that's not the reason that they're putting him in as a utility player. I hope not. Shoot. I, have, I invested a second round draft pick into this kid. Look, look, they, it, it's. It's pretty much worked. I know. I don't know exactly the yardage stats and the attempts, the specific attempts he has. At least we can agree at least more than six attempts. I think. Agree. Um, and I don't know if what was the um, I don't know if there was one that has lost more yards. I don't know which one, but I think as I mentioned, it's been going better than our our um bottom two running backs, and I think. I like them putting Jalen Hurts in so he gets his feet in the water and he, he gets on that field more. So when he gets on that field, when Carson, uh, you know, there's there's always a high chance that Carson Wentz gets hurt, that Jalen Hurts goes in there and he gets a few snaps. And also I, I want to put the blame on that fumble on Kelsey. And I was kind of worried about his play during the 49ers game. He had a few oh, no! Snaps that he, I, I, I sort of like rewinded. I was like... Yeah, I was like, what is he thinking? So that might be another concern that we have to deal with going forward in this season. And I hope that he, you know, fixes things. And I hope it's just a little bit of rust, maybe. But I, I hope that it gets figured out. Yeah, every once yeah. in a while, Jason Kelsey's good for a couple of those really, really high snaps. And I'm just like, you know, where is this coming from? And typically, I don't see this from, you know, other teams. And it's weird because you would think you would think that you're doing this all the time in practice. You know, you're practicing out of the shotgun. That's all the teams run nowadays is shotgun. Every once in a while, you might see the quarterback go on the center. But for the most part, it's shotgun. So it's really no excuse as to why Jason Kelsey has been having this problem these past couple of seasons. Yeah, we just hope he doesn't snap it over Wentz's head in like a key situation, oh, obviously. But uh, do you agree that we should pound the rock more? Uh, I know our offensive line is a little banged up, but I still think that having that ground game and, you know, with the lack of weapons we have on the outside, if we were able to use Sanders as long as he's healthy, and I know we don't have a compliment to him. That's what that's my point when I say I, I think we need, you know, a, a more built physical runner to behind him than the, than the quick speed guys on the outside where you can have Sanders as the do it all back. But when you need to give him a breather, you have somebody there that's capable of stepping in and being able to carry the football. I look at the San Francisco 49ers and they have just that most are kind of the overall running back and he can catch passes and run well. Jerk McKinnon, who's coming back off an injury, but he played pretty well last Sunday night too. So they have two guys there and, you can even look further down. Jeff Wilson Jr. had a couple of weeks there earlier in the season. Uh, even last year, he played pretty well when there was injuries um, in that running back core. So I would love to see us get a running back to complement Sanders. We, we know we need weapons on the outside. We'll see what these young guys do. If they can step up, we'll see what happens when Jalen Rager gets healthy because that's another thing. We've seen Justin Jefferson step up and play really well so far this year in Minnesota. We've seen it's kind of eating from at me. You know, yeah. we, we should have him take. 
And it's kind of frustrating that we don't, but I know people said we didn't need a slot receiver, blah, blah. We, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, we've seen flashes from Jalen Rager. So um, the Justin Jefferson comparison is not 100% fair, I'm going to say right now, because I do think Jalen Rager will play a big prominent role in this offense. Um, and that's me really sticking my neck out for a rookie, which is something I really don't See, do. You're sticking your I mean, but, listen, listen, Jefferson's back-to-back 100-yard receiving listen, weeks. Listen, it, it frustrates me, too, the way these drafts have, have gone. Trust me and believe me. It, it this was an easy me. one, though. That's the thing we're going to look back on. Like, other other drafts, you can, you can pick, like, okay, if you need an offensive lineman, there's three names that you can choose from. This was everybody, every fan in the city of Philly. We were all sitting there. Okay, we're getting Justin Jefferson. And then, of course, they want to outfox out the fox. You know, they want to step outside the box, and they want to pick somebody uh, that, you know, is speed guy, and he, maybe he's good. Like, just pick the guy that's been a superstar at LSU with Joe Burrow. He's caught t- touchdown passes from best quarterback in the country, and he still couldn't do that. See, it still gets under my skin because now I'm you watching these last two weeks. drafted Jerry Judy. I'm watching these last two weeks, T, with, with, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, not even a great quarterback, and he's getting 100-yard receiving games from Kirk Cousins. Just bother- and It's even CeeDee Lamb who we didn't trade up and go get. Are you kidding me? Sitting right there, and he's he's got – well, he's got Dak Prescott throwing like 500 yards a game so far this season, which is pretty crazy. But I don't know. It's stupid. I think, I think if, if we had a CD on the outside or somebody like that, that's a difference maker, and – now, mm-hmm. especially when you have Rager go down with an injury, now look who you have, the guys you never ha- haven't really even heard of. Another thing I'm looking not looking forward to, but I'm nervous about this weekend, is the Steelers' defensive line. You know, they really stopped the run game well so far this year. They have a bunch of big guys on that defensive front. So I don't know if we're going to be able to run the football as well, and that's going to force Carson to throw, I'm going to assume, probably 30 to 40 times, Almost especially if we get behind. Um, you, so that's, that's not something yeah. you want to say. Go ahead, go ahead Tanner. Um, the wide receiving core is definitely a worry and concern. And what what I want to talk to you guys about is just every week looking at that injury report and seeing the same three names, seeing Sean Jackson, seeing Alshon Jeffrey, sometimes JJ Ortega Whiteside. I am and it's just off. When are we gonna when are we gonna stop playing the weight game? When are we going to stop playing the weight game with Deshaun Jackson and now Sean Jeffrey? And I've, I saw comments about there's 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 got to be better players out there on the wire. And I looked, and there's not there's not really that many players. There's Taylor Gabriel is only the only Muhammad name. Muhammad Sanu really, just got cut by the 49ers yeah. last weekend. I would entertain that. It's another name. Yeah. But it's when are we going to stop playing the weight game? That's just a bunch of dead money sitting there there's nothing we can really do now because who's going to want alshon jeffrey that's uh, Listen, I, I know exactly. just retiring you're, you're exactly right uh i was not in favor of bringing back deshaun jackson when the deal was done i know we had to get speed on the outside but he listen he's old he's past his prime and he's an injury concern uh and on top of that alshon jeffrey who i know we all agree we've wanted gone since this since he dropped that pass in the playoff game really to be honest with you because after that he was injured and you know hasn't really seen the field much since then uh, but no one's going to take that. Pull your head out he, your was, ass. he was guaranteed what about twelve to fifteen million dollars, and it, it, no one wanted to give up anything, you know, decent for him. So now you're just stuck with him. You got to ride it out the rest of the season, and then next year you won't see him in an eagle uniform anymore. The problem is, I think Deshaun Jackson uh, still has what? Go ahead, Tanner. It really just makes me mad that Deshaun Jackson. You, you see him on the injury report, and then he's doing stuff in public, like he's making music for his mixtape and stuff like that. That yeah. really, I feel like, is a distraction. 
Especially and when I he's feel injured. like he just doesn't. Yeah, he just doesn't want to play. I, I don't know. He could say like, "What else am I going to do? I'm injured." Yeah. But you know, there's always something else you could do. Maybe improve. You know, help your teammates. I don't even see him really. Are they even allowed to go on the sideline if they're not participating in that game? Yeah, I think they. No, are. no, no. Yeah, 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 I think that they are. I think that yeah. they are. And that's you know that's. Yeah, a, I just think it. You you bring up a very good point about you know these these players you know helping these young guys out, especially these these young receivers. I mean. The veteran, the veteran presence is really needed in the right receiver position because we're always having to rely on these young guys. And, you know, it, it's crazy to think that, you know, and I, I did. I stuck my neck out for this, Sean. I did. But at this point, I'm, I'm starting to raise my eyebrow, and I, and I can't do it no more. Listen, this the, and I think that's the reason why they drafted Jalen Rager was the fact that they knew Deshaun Jackson was going to go down, and they went out and got a Jalen Rager, a speedy guy. Although I think John Hightower is another speedy guy as well. And, you know, he contributes a little bit. But, you know, at the same time, we do need some uh, better receivers in this right receiver uh, room because it's it's absolutely ridiculous how time after time and year after year we have to, you know, contend with the fact that we have receivers at the end, at the receiver position. And I'm sick of it at this point. I really am. I'm tired of it. Yeah, Let's get some doggone receivers up, up here, in this piece. As much as we're high right now, if we lose this weekend, we're 1-3-1. So, you know, there's not too many positives to take away if that no. happens. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just tired of it at this point. Let's start, yo, man, every single year we change up. We change up how, you know, we heal our players. We change up, you know, the medical team. And I'm, I, come on, The funny y'all. thing is Russell Douglas, who got picked up by Carolina, is actually oh, apparently playing pretty well. Y'all want me to rant today. Y'all really do. <laughs> So that goes to tell you about t- something about coaches, right? Let me tell you something, man. That was one of the guys I did like, okay? I liked Rasul Douglas's game. I liked his height. I liked his fight, okay? If you put him in the right position, I do believe that he can succeed in the right defense. However, be due to Jim Schwartz's stubbornness and due to Jim Schwartz only <laughs> wanting the players that he wants, doggone it, now he's actually, now Russell Douglas is actually balling right now for the Carolina Panthers, and I'm Tired of it. You invested a third-round pick in this corner, and Rasul Douglas really wasn't that bad because guess what? We ain't got a true solid number two You're corner. Wrong, Avante dude. Maddox really is not an outside corner he's at this terrible. point. He's not. No, he's we terrible, have dude. one corner in Darius Slay, okay? And it's absolutely ridiculous how everybody attacks the other side and they don't attack Darius Slay. Why? Because they know that the other side is still open. Y'all got Darius Slay has been getting injured every game so far, so just – just remember that going forward in this game and seeing if it happens. If he gets injured in this Steelers game, something's up because every game he's been banged up. Yeah, he. yes, I don't know if I mentioned this on the bird sense, but he did take a helmet to the kneecap. He did. So that was kind of a weird, in, the weird like, those hurt. You know, not going to call it an injury, but. Those hurt. Yeah, those <laughs> definitely hurt. A little bit. I would probably fall down too. So, But, yeah, you're right. He's been banged up in almost every game that we've played so far. So if he's done – at any point, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely screwed on the outside. But, I see, I'll take the blame on this one. You know, when they got rid of Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas, you know, I applauded because I knew that those guys were not good football players. But, they but the problem is I didn't really think of that. the consequences that are going to be, you know, still here. And that relates to the fact that we don't have anybody to really take their place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the, much and, worse than And that's uh, the one had. thing, man, that's the one thing I've always said is that, look, if you're going to replace somebody, you better have a backup, you know, in order to um, replace that person. Like, you can't just get rid of players and not have a backup plan. Like, you went in thinking that Avante Maddox was going to work? No. Avante Maddox is five foot nine. He's really not an outside corner. 
And then he yep. doesn't have the skill of an outside corner. And TJ okay. Edwards got hurt, and he's going to be out now. What did Alex Singleton okay, had that pick six, which was great? Okay, don't but, get me. Please know, don't get me started. Don't don't get, don't get me started. You need guys like that to step up in those situations, and he did give him some okay. credit. But I don't know. I'm not going to expect that every single week oh. out of him. So okay. our defensive line still not horrible. It's still pretty solid, and they could. Stay, you know, Brandon Graham actually the past few games, he all did. of a sudden he's got some pep in his step out of he nowhere. I've been up. bashing him the whole off season. Uh, but we still have a bunch of low lives. We still have problems with the linebacking core. So we'll see. Big Ben, he's going to get Deontay Johnson back this week. And he still has Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner out of the backfield. Uh, even Eric Ebron, who I thought was really a, an underrated signing by them. He's a really good red zone target. So we have our hands full. Um, and, and I want to touch on – I want to ask a question about the Sean. Is, is his contract uh, still – we still have one more year? On that contract next I believe year, so. He, I believe so. He has one more year. I don't know contract. if that's guaranteed or not, but I yeah. hope it's not. Uh, and, the money, I mean. And before we even get any further, um, you you mentioned the linebackers. I'm sorry, but these got to be the sorriest linebackers I have ever seen in my life. Outside of Alex Singleton, Alex Singleton actually popped up on the film, and I wish you know I wish I had more time to create a film session directly for him. But Alex Alex Singleton definitely did step up outside of the fact that mm-hmm. he did get that game winning interception. But I got to say for everybody else, especially Nate Gary, I'm sorry. He is the ire of my anger at this point. How are you that sorry at playing the position of linebacker? Okay, you. as a matter of fact, in playing football, period, yeah. I have never seen a sorrier linebacker in my life. All right, straight up. All right, he's getting added to the list too. Nate Gary ain't. <laughs> All right, seriously. Listen, T, I think uh, we've all been done with him since that Higby catch, right? Uh, oh week two. Gosh. I've never upper. seen a guy so much out of place. And I and I on Gridiron Films, I pick on him. I don't mean to. I don't. But listen, the film don't lie, y'all. It don't. He yeah. stinks. I don't know what the defensive coach is seeing him. Maybe it's just it, it made his it made his position even worse recently in the uh I think it was yesterday he had some old tweets resurfaced and it's just you play bad on the field and then there's mistakes made off the field and it's just not a good look both ways and so he's he's gonna need to play better if he wants to stay on this team yeah I don't think any of us have confidence in him playing better I just think we need to scrap and claw and try to fight tomorrow best we can to get a W because here's the thing uh, the Steelers are better than us in all three phases of the game So the Niners were definitely had a better defense too, but we were able to scratch and claw and put together 25 points. That's kind of what we're going to have to do tomorrow. Create some havoc, create some turnovers, maybe force a fumble, uh, things like that to get us short field position and then uh, be able to, you know, be there in the end of the game and see what happens. And I think if we can do that, we give ourselves a shot. Uh, But again, big Ben uh, off a bye week is not what you want to see. You got to go on the road second straight week. You have to fly back across the country. Uh, it all, it's all lining up for a loss, but who knows? Hey, we, we, we're, we got some momentum right now off a big win and we'll see what happens, but, yeah. uh, you can't, you can't have too much confidence after one week. I will say that. No, I'm sorry. I'm not there yet. Uh, to answer your question, um, from earlier real quick before you do move on, um, when you said that, you know, do we run more because we have a young offensive lineman? Yes, that's exactly what you do. Because these young offensive linemen, they are big, they are powerful, all right, and they do create pretty good running lanes. Um, I definitely highlighted Jordan Mailata in this week's film session, and listen, he actually did a pretty decent job. I'm not even going to deny that. All right, Jordan Mailata stepped up. Yes, he did. All right, he, he, he definitely stepped up big time, and honestly, 
<laughs> he did a whole lot better than Jason Peters ever would this this season. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jordan Malata out there for the foreseeable future. Real quick before yeah. we – go ahead, Tanner. No, I just want to say I don't know if you're changing topics, but I think that it's ridiculous that every season for the past couple of seasons, the Eagles, we have to deal with, all right, I guess we'll just plug this guy into this position. We always have to deal with the lack of depth at a position. And then we see Man, teams like the Chicago, the Chicago Bears, who are now a four-in-one team somehow. A four-in-one team. We saw on Thursday night, you have T's favorite quarterback in the entire league oh, beat boy. Tom Brady in primetime with Foles. He passed 42 times, completing 30 of them for 243 yards. And it's just ridiculous to see all these players that the Eagles once goat, had. They're Tom doing Brady. great. You know, else. Uh, now there was. Oh, go ahead. No, continue, Tanner. There's, there's always going to be a controversy of which quarterback we could have picked, but just seeing Nick Foles go in prime time and down the stretch beat uh, the best quarterback in the league. I'm sick of it. It's just yeah. crazy to see. Yeah, it, uh, listen. Uh, the one thing I'll take away from that game is at the very end, w- what happened with the uh, with the handshake? That's the <laughs> second time. Uh, and listen, oh, uh, you're I've talking about the handshake. I've heard a lot of people say, "Yeah, I get COVID and related, and uh, you know, no. that's BS. No, that's, that's BS. Not, that's no, he shook he shook Justin Herbert's hand last game yeah. against the Chargers. There, yeah. there's you can't you can't put that excuse. And you're talking about the handshake, but what I want to talk about is how he thought it was just third down on that last play. Man, Tom that's Brady was getting not old. a mistake that the best player, yeah, the best listen, uh, quarterback nah, in football man. makes, and it was just really surprising to see that Nick Foles just got in Tom Brady's head so much and maybe you know it, it had to do with Khalil Mack sacking him and him hitting his head against the turf Nick uh, Foles yeah. is living real estate third down on fourth that was just crazy Nick Foles is living real estate free in Tom Brady's head and I'm all here for it I'm, I'm listen I'm not the I'm not a big Nick Foles fan but look anything to screw up Tom Brady that's good for me I ain't scared of Nick Foles I'm yeah, listen, we, we we picked the right quarterback and Wentz at the time. Like, let's not get crazy here. I mean, it's what we had to do, and it is what it is. We we live with our decisions. But you do got to give Foles some credit. I mean, he's playing with uh, not the best O-line. Uh, they, they couldn't get anything going on the ground. I think Dave Montgomery ran for, like, 29 yards on, like, 10 carries. I mean, they literally couldn't get any run game going at whatsoever. It's ridiculous. And Foles is still able to hang in there and – you know, he finds Jimmy Graham in the end zone, makes that crazy catch one-handed. Allen Robinson's all of a sudden like a superstar wide receiver. I mean, he's literally been yeah, like a Yeah, he had 90 catch. yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10 catches, 90 yards. I mean, each week this guy, I feel like he's getting 10, 12 catches a game. I mean, he's starting to put himself up there in the top-tier wide receivers. So give him credit there. But it was definitely an entertaining game. Oh, and it's definitely. always good to see Nikki Six get back in the win column. Got to love yeah. it. But the Bears are not a 4-1 and team. Let's, let's be honest, talent-wise. No way should they be four and one right now. Uh, they have a solid team. Don't get me wrong, but they're not a four and one. I mean, we're talking about what better than the Packers. Are they better than the Packers? Probably not. Then I'll say, are they better than the Vikings? Maybe. Who knows? But uh, we'll see. I'll tell you one thing: they're better than the Lions. I'll give you that. So well, uh, let, let's just can the Buccaneers are, are the Buccaneers going to make the playoffs? I think they will ultimately. Yeah, the yeah. yeah, I agree. I think, I, so. I, I like, think they will ultimately make the playoffs. It's it's just the simple fact that man, Tom Brady ain't Tom Brady no more, and I need people to realize that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care the fact that he changed teams. I don't care about the fact that you know now he's in an offense where he's going to be able to rack up crazy yards. 
he's not the same quarterback, people. What is he, 44 years old now? Yeah, they were missing Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette. They were missing both of those guys, and those are big pieces. But, yeah, listen, he made a couple of questionable throws, especially towards the end of the game where he's trying to force windows that aren't open. No, man, Tom Brady's not the same quarterback. He does not have the same arm strength. He doesn't. I've been saying that for years now, and now all of a sudden people now are starting to see it. And I'm like, I've been saying this for a while now, people. Like, he's not the same quarterback, y'all. Stop he does expecting. have the talent to get to the playoffs, though. Let's, oh, let's he get. has the talent. I don't think he himself, Tom yeah. Brady, has the talent to take it even farther anymore. Right, especially since the way that the Saints are playing recently without oh, uh, no, like Thomas. Yeah, when they get him back, that's Breeze's favorite target. Oh, and, yeah. uh, Panthers actually had a nice win last weekend against the yeah. uh, Arizona Cardinals, so I'll give him credit there. Real quick before we move on here, though, guys, let's get a prediction for this weekend. You got a score and, and a winner for the Birds? I'm going to say 24-16 Steelers. I'm expecting a loss. I'm sorry. Um, I, I think I think the win against the 49ers was a fluke due to the simple fact that the 49ers are just riddled with injuries um, to their main guys, and I think the Eagles took advantage of that, as they should have. But it's going to take me a nice little while to gain confidence in this team again. Okay. We'll look you on that, Tanner. Um, I think I want to go with 17-10 Steelers. Really low-scoring game, huh? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Listen, I don't think it's going to be high scoring either. Um, I'm going to say I'll go, I'll go 2014. I'll go 20 to 14 Steelers get the W. Give the people what I they think, want to see. I think the, the offense just won't be able to get anything going. I think the defense will try to hang in. And that's kind of been the story of the season. You know, the defense tried to hang in against Cincinnati. The offense couldn't get anything going, even in overtime. So I do think that the, the Eagles will hang in and the defense will try to keep them in the game. But ultimately, there's too much talent there and uh, on that Steelers offense so we'll see what happens and hopefully we're back here next week talking about a win but we'll see we'll see uh hopefully uh we can just hang in there and fight uh, that's all we got to do because that's the kind of team we have right now so I hate you. let's let's talk some Doc Rivers in Philly I want to get your guys opinion on if he can you know make Embiid and Simmons coexist he stated in his press conference that he's not as worried as the fan base that Simmons is not shooting the jump shot does that worry you especially uh because you know, we've sat here a lot and talked about Simmons' inability to shoot the ball, and not just the inability, but not willing to. And Embiid, his health, and also, you know, his stamina, can he go a full 82-game season? What do you guys think about the hiring? First off, I love the hiring. Um, I, See, that's the reason why I like the fact that they waited and they didn't jump, you know, to on the Mike D'Antoni train. Um, I would have settled for Mike D'Antoni, but I, especially outside of Tyron Lou. Oh, my gosh. But I definitely like the fact that they waited. It, it was a little bit of a shocker that the Clippers got rid of Doc Rivers, especially after forming that team only for one year. So it's a little bit of it was a little bit of a shocker. But that's the reason why a lot of teams wait till the playoffs are over because you never know who's going to get fired and who's going to be available. And Doc Rivers was Doc Rivers is an excellent coach. There's no doubt about it. He does bring the best out of his players. All right, so. I do think that he will bring the best out of Embiid and Simmons. Now, I think he will push Simmons to develop that jump shot. I'm not looking for perfection out of that jump shot, but I am looking for a jump shot, period, and to kind of evolve the offense a little bit because that offense is going to continue to be limited. I don't care what offense you run. It's going to be limited until Ben Simmons gets that jump shot. Yeah, I only would have banked on D'Antoni if he was able to bring James Harden to the field. 
that's the only way I would have signed Mike D'Antoni. I think from a Clippers standpoint, I think they're going to go after Ty Lue just because he has a winning pedigree with yeah, LeBron. And that's kind of what they need right now. They need a, a winning coach just to get in there and take them to the finals. But I think Doc it's Rivers stupid. is a perfect fit because he's an actual good coach. He develops players. He, he knows strategy-wise as far as how to use players. He even stated he doesn't think about it one through five. You know, he just has five guys out on the court that do their job. So that's one thing that I've liked about the hiring, and we'll see. Oh, um, yeah! I did like the idea of Harden and, and Bede, you know, that kind of pairing if we were to trade Simmons away. But you still have to love the fact that Doc's here, winning pedigree, you know, title, and also just respect around the league as well. Agreed. Yeah, you, you really got to like the way that Tobias Harris played for Doc, considering how much money we gave him last season and the lack of play we really saw from him. Um, this season, he just didn't – he wasn't up to standards with the contract. And back when he was on the Clippers and Doc Rivers was his coach, they were both named uh, Western Conference Player and Coach of the Month, Tobias. It, this was in December. Tobias was averaging 21.7 points and 8.7 rebounds. And it was just good play from him, that that stretch. And I just think we really need to see – uh, something out of Tobias this year, or it's it's done for him. You you can't. You're just worried about that for the next you know seasons of his contract. Then agreed. He had the ball in his hands a ton there in LA, and uh, I don't think that's how it's going to be here in Philly. That's the problem. Simmons always needs the ball in his hands because he can't shoot the basketball. Now we'll see. We'll see how this all works. I mean, it's definitely a work in progress, and Doc's probably going to have a lot of sleepless nights. But I think the first order of business is either getting rid of Al Horford or putting him on a bench permanently. Uh, part of that's because he's 34 years old now and kind of getting up there in age. But also the fact that he just can't play with Embiid. It's just not going to work. No. And I don't know why Elton Brand thought it would. That's why I'm surprised Elton Brand's still here. I thought he should have been fired as well. But uh, you, you have to sit here and think about the future. That's always the goal in mind. Tobias, yes, Tammy, bring up a great point. Hopefully he can get that 25 point average back like he had in LA but his three-point percentage has dipped a ton while he's been here in Philly that's kind of a you know that's a that's a big red flag for me because we're going to need him to be able to shoot the three ball efficiently agreed yeah we're talking about needing coaches and I still having this conversation we need a nutritionist for Joel Embiid and this season this this um bubble little uh stretch of the season in the playoffs did him well because they were really limiting the amount of food he ate. And I think this offseason, especially now he's he's a dad, he's yeah. going to be staying up, he's probably going to be eating a ton of food. He's going to have and that just worries me because next season he's going to be up in weight again uh, if he doesn't back. get together, man. He really needs a nutritionist. He cannot go back to that Chick-fil-A diet. <laughs> no, I agree with you 100%. You piece of Swiss happens, cheese! Man season you're relaxing he's got he's got a baby on the way now with his not for winners max that doesn't happen for winners <laughs> well, winners go back in the gym we know how he is he doesn't have that you mentality think, i wish I, if everybody you think Kawhi is going to mcdonald's no that's true no. that's if very true have a kobe mentality you what i'm saying to you then then everybody then then life would be amazing but not everybody has that kobe mentality and every some people would get lazy and they want to play xbox instead of working out at the gym so uh, we'll, we'll see. I, or I sit on Twitter all day. There you, there you go. Sit on Twitter. It's ridiculous. You know, eat, eat Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Uh, you know, spend every day in a drive-through. We'll see. I will we'll say. See. I will say those Chick-fil-A sandwiches are delicious. 
Sponsorship. Well, so you're not getting paid. <laughs> million, so. uh, we have to just bank on the fact that these guys want to win. Because at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Do you want to win games? Do you want to win championships or not? If you're not 100% invested in it, then what are you doing here? You know, that's what we need. That's what Philadelphia is all about. And you, you see that last night. Jimmy Butler resembles that perfectly. I mean, this guy has been, in, been over just – Giving it all on the or put it all on the line, giving all out effort. Yes, and he's gassed. You tell, and he just he's putting on a show, and he's not going to let his team down. And I think that's why he should have stayed here because Jimmy Butler. Let's be honest, he's better than Joel Embiid. He's better than Ben Simmons. And I don't think it's close. I think he I has know. a whole lot more heart than those two. And I think 100%. that's the most. That's one of the most important things. I don't. I don't know, care about the about. age. I, I don't care about you know the problems in the locker room. That's the my favorite saying, the Max. The coach, coaches, the coaches are the problem because it's working perfectly fine with Eric Spolstra in Miami, mm-hmm. and I know people didn't view Jimmy Butler last year, two years ago, as one of the superstars of this league. And when I say that, they didn't view him as the same. I can carry your team like Kawhi carried the Raptors or LeBron carried the Cavaliers. But he can do that, and he's shown it this season with the Miami Heat. That's why I think you should have either got rid of Embiid or Simmons. And I know, like I mentioned, hindsight's twenty twenty. But at this point, the way he's playing, of course I would have gotten rid of whatever he needed in order to be the man and put the ball in his hands. He single-handedly won us a few games with a couple of game-winning shots that short period he was here. He's not scared so of the clutch. Do you guys clutch. agree, though? Do you guys agree that you would, you, if, if we can go back and do this over again, Simmons or Embiid would be gone just to keep the superstar of a player? Hell yeah. And goodbye, Simmons. What about no Tanner? Hesitation. I don't think he's as slam dunk on this as, as you are. No, definitely not. Uh, if we had to get rid of one of the two, I, I think I'd have to go with what he said, maybe Ben Simmons. Really? Um, but, man, the, us us deciding to pay uh, Tobias the money and let it – was, it was really a decision between Tobias and Jimmy Butler in a way. Of course, money had to go into it, too. But, right. man, if we could get Jimmy Butler back with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid with Doc Rivers as coach, My goodness. Oh, we would the match made in heaven. Man, but he would be such a great goodness. team. Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid doesn't have the willpower in himself to play 82 games and be dominant every single night. And I don't think that would have meshed well with Jimmy because he Jimmy demands 110% out of you every night, no matter if you're you know the first – of three games at home. If you're the if you're the sixth game of a six game road trip, no matter where you are, he's going to demand every single night that you bring it. I don't think Embiid and Butler just would have meshed that well that well, just because of the fact that I feel like Embiid uh, there, there's nights where he he takes the night off, especially that's, against weaker teams where he thinks yeah. they can just cruise and win. So I don't that's know if perfectly that fine. Simmons I, I, does give you a hundred percent effort. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. That's why I think they would have meshed well, but Embiid doesn't. And that's perfectly the fine. Team, I want a player like that that's going to push the other players. I need that because these guys are young players. These guys don't really know what it is to really be in the NBA. All right? These guys are getting by on their talent alone. And as they should know by now, talent's not going to front. That Talent's not going to cut it in the NBA at this point. You, you're going to yeah. need some dog. You're going to need some heart. All right? You're going to need to ball out every game. Period. And, I, and Jimmy perfect. Butler does it. I agree. He's a perfect athlete for Philly. I mean, he just has all the attributes. Like yeah, we saw when they played last season, it was it was or not last season. It was uh, when he was on the on the team. It was him and Joel Embiid had the best chemistry. Yep. On the team, uh, aside from T.J. McConnell on the bench, uh, and it just seemed like Ben Simmons wanted 
you know, little to do with Jimmy Butler off the court. It seemed like when they would go to team dinners and stuff, it was Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler who were What's the, problem the two now? clowning with each other and everything. And I think that would have worked because you see in Miami, Jimmy Butler has such a great relationship with all his players on the team. Yep. Um, Tyler Hero, man, he he presents him every time. He's always talking up. He's always talking his players up. And he has so much confidence in each and one of those guys on the court. And I think that's what would have hurt is having Ben Simmons on the team with Jimmy Butler instead of Joel Embiid. I think we would have lost a lot of that chemistry. So you think not everybody oh, – Simmons wouldn't have bought in and Embiid would have bought in? Yes. Okay. That's a fair point because I, I agree think, with you. I think Ben Simmons would have seen that there was a decision, and I think he, he would rather have gone elsewhere like the Lakers. I agree. My stance is off the court is one thing. I do agree. Maybe off the court there would have been issues. But on the court, you know Simmons has the same mindset. He wants to win. He wants to give 100% effort every single night. He doesn't take games off. Like, yeah, he, he might not shoot the basketball. But he's always playing. His defensive ability is, is second to none. I mean, he's always out there grinding. And his effort there is 100% every night, even though uh, he might not be the best player in the league. How's his – but my thing with Ben Simmons has always been how's his effort at practice. Because it's pretty apparent that what he does in practice is now corresponding to what he does on the on the court. So and, that's, and that's my big thing with him. Like I, I'm Listen, not I'm right. never There's gonna doubt on both sides. Defense, on both sides. defense, he is excellent. I'm not gonna doubt that. Okay, I think he's one of the top five drivers in the NBA. I have said that on a numerous of occasions. All right. Passing wise, unlike anything I've seen on the Sixers squad. Bar none. However, the one thing that holds him back is the one thing that he does in practice, and we always get videos of, and Tanner always shoots them to me for some damn reason. <laughs> and I don't see it transpiring on the on the court, and that's the part that pisses me off. I need to see that, that jump shot. For the, for the exact reason I send you those videos of Ben Simmons is for this rant exactly now. <laughs> I want you to get into Ben Simmons, and I want you to make him shoot that three, make him one of the best players in this league that he can be if ben, he develops that three shot. Ben and I, bleeping I, Simmons, get your damn jump shot together. You are hearing this straight from me. All right, Doc Rivers ain't going to take your crap, and I'm not going to take your crap no more. Get your crap together, or else otherwise the both of us are going to be delivering boots to asses. I'm done. Well, since we have Ben Simmons um, – up topic uh i saw a rumor in a, a mock trade sort of it was featuring ben simmons and devin booker would you do that trade straight up yes yeah yeah that won't happen but yeah With, yes yeah it's not even it's not even a fair trade you would obviously accept devin booker over ben simmons i feel like that's too obvious it would depend on what would go in to that trade as well and i feel like that's an uneven they devin booker's played two more seasons than ben simmons and Devin Booker has no playoff experience at all. However, uh, which is he's however, got bubble experience. He's on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, however, Denver, however, Devin Booker's Devin Booker's um his play style is uh it directly can correspond with the current Sixers squad. That's my big thing. Like he, I feel like there's it'll fit. I agree with that. Yeah. It'll fit. Like his jump uh, shot shooter. ability, his shooting ability, his non, his not, his not being scared of any kind of a defense shooting ability. I need that on this squad. I need a score. That's the I big think, thing. You know, the player I think is going to benefit most from this possibly is Matisse Thybul. 
Uh, Doc Rivers said this guy's already like all NBA defensive team. If he can get that offensive game figured out, this guy has a has a chance to be like uh, one of the one of the real. Uh, I'm not gonna call him a superstar, but he's got a chance to be a solid like three on on a winning team, in my opinion. Like like I'm not gonna say his ceiling is like a Tobias Harris. I think he could be even better because just be how his his defense ability is so great already at his age. Oh yeah. <laughs> consistent offensive game and average around like 20 points a game when he gets into his prime uh, the years down the road. You, I mean, look out. That, that, this is a guy I don't want to get rid of because I think the potential here is insane. I really I think it is. Uh, I, he, he really ha- – if he, I mean, the shot has been there some nights, some nights it's not. He's been able to drive really well and play great defense. So I think that he, he's going to be a key player on this team years down the road. I, I really think he's going to be a starter. I can agree with that. Definitely All right, let's touch, let's touch on this last topic. I want to get real quick with the Phils, and then, and then we'll wrap it up. They fire – not fire. They, they demote Matt Klintak. I think a main reason is because of yeah, the fans ludicrous. and a rumor going around. The fans uh, – John Milton really listens to the fans, and if they, they make their voices heard on Twitter or whatever, they get what they want. So we all agree Matt Klintak was the man for his job. And he's gone, but – listen, they kept Andy McPhail here, so it's kind of like they're dipping their toes in the water here. We, you we, dumbass. Committing to it's the same it, thing. Yeah, they're not cleaning house here. What? Why aren't they cleaning house, man? We don't have a bullpen. Did, didn't they watch the season? <laughs> Did they watch no. the last couple seasons? Exactly. Obviously, they're not listening to us completely on Twitter, or we'd have JT Real Muto signed to a to a contract. I can agree with that contract. Yeah. Um, the Phillies aren't playing, and they're still losing. We just lost another relief pitcher in Adam Morgan. Yeah, he he's terrible anyway. I'm not even <laughs> elbow flexor surgery. This team is just. They're gonna, they're gonna non-tender day. him. They're gonna non-tender him anyway. I, I don't think his contract's not guaranteed. So I don't think he'll be back next year. Listen, the one thing that I'll point to, and people are saying, "Oh, Klintak got a bad rep, uh, rap in uh, Philly," uh, is because of the fact that Dave Robertson and Sterling Dominguez were both hurt all season long. And those guys are two really solid relievers. He's basically people are saying that you know if you have your seventh and eighth inning guy, uh, Hector Neris, who we all have been <sighs> really, we, we, I know, say I get it. I get it. We've we've been skeptical of Hector Neris because he always he has his nights where he looks really solid, you know, one, two, three inning in a ninth, and then then you'll have four straight outings where he What's gives he up three for? runs. So basically, if you don't put him in a high leverage ninth inning situation and have him in out there in the sixth or seventh inning where it's less stressful, maybe that'll benefit him. My point is this: David Robertson probably threw what like twenty seven pitches in a field uniform. He's probably not going to throw another one. Sir Anthony Dominguez. Coming off of that Tommy John surgery, I'm high on him. I still think he's the ninth inning guy, and he's got the power arm that we all needed, right? Everybody in our bullpen throws 92 miles an hour. We need somebody to throw 100 miles an hour close to it. Sir Anthony can be that guy. But I think at the end of the day, Adam Morgan's not going to make or break our bullpen. No. And uh, I would I, I would clean, clean that whole bullpen out and just find new arms somewhere. Overseas. Yes. If, I see, if yeah. I see Hector Neris on that mount – Next season, it's going to be so terrible. Yeah, Bad I, things listen, are going to happen, and the, T is going to have just a full episode of rant. The Rays, the Rays are went through the whole bullpen yeah. where, where their guys came from. It's crazy. They you got like three so of them low. from Dominican Republic. They all throw like 101. Then, then there's a bunch of other guys that people just got rid of that that I, obviously they haven't reached their full potential, and the Rays brought that out. And now they have nine guys in the bullpen that throw like 98 to 100. Wipe out slider and curveball and things like that. If if the Phillies just had two of those guys this year, they make the playoffs. So now, Max, are the Phillies keeping Velasquez? Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, they, they have to. Keep they him. have to. They uh, have to keep Velasquez, and here's why: uh, he showed that he's a pretty, pretty good pitcher. And I know he's had six years to prove that, but this season, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rip Vince Velasquez because there was times where, yeah, okay, he had two starts. I know the the one in Toronto where we blew like the seven run lead. So we know it's hard. Horrible start, but not all on him. You know, the bullpen came in and blew that as well. So he showed me something this year. And I think that even though it was a 60-game shortened season, he's got the potential. And even if he doesn't have the potential as a starter long-term, he has the potential has the potential for a middle reliever type of role where he can give you two solid innings. He also brings it at 94, 95, 96 when he's early on in the you – know, he's amped up. Like early on in the game, you'll see him at 96, 97. If he can give you that now, – now by the time he gets to the fifth inning, he's down around 93. But if he can give you those two two innings of 97 miles an hour, that's that's a weapon you have out of the bullpen. And you don't just give those guys away, especially he's in the prime of his career. I think he's 28, 29 years old now. So do you guys agree, though? Vince Velasquez it, definitely showed you guys something this year, right? He has at times. Um, I, I My confidence in him is increasing slowly but surely. But that's And that's saying something considering the fact that this entire bullpen really ain't worth two cents. But I, I do feel like my confidence in him is growing slightly. Um, and once again, clean this damn bullpen out for crying out loud. Just, yeah, I mean, if we keep Velasquez, that's four and a half um, million dollars uh, on our books still. But this season, it's we're we're clearing we're clearing our we books. We got as we mentioned, yeah, we got Arietta who is not going to come back. I, yeah, I he don't see go him too. coming back. He's I don't gone. see a oh, reason what a to bring him back. Contract. Um, JT Real Muto is going to be a free agent, and that is terrifying yes. because there's going to be teams like the Yankees and I believe the Mets and the Nationals yeah. that are the three in, interested teams in him. Uh, Alvarez, Goslin, Hunter, as we mentioned, Naris, Tommy Hunter, God, and, Tommy Hunter, no, and no. Phelps. Tommy Those Hunter are just is, players. Tommy Hunter is the Hector Neris of T for me. <laughs> I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it anymore. I, 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 this guy, people talk about. First of all, he's supposed to be a power arm. Because that guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He maxes out at 93 miles an hour on the fastball. I mean, he used to be pretty good. He used to throw like 98 back in his prime. I get it. But he's not there anymore. And people like Joe, even Girardi, which kind of irked me. Uh, the one thing about Girardi, they would go to Tommy Hunter in the eighth inning in a one-run game. You, you can't do it. I get it. You don't really have another option. But there's put somebody else out there, man, because you know the lead's going to be blown. The same thing with Hector Neris. You just can't put Tommy Hunter in this situation. I can't can't wait till that guy's gone. Hopefully they don't resign him. Uh, Hector Neris, see, he's got a difference maker pitch. It's get that wipeout splitter. Out. Because listen, I know, I get it. His fastball, <laughs> his fastball's around what 95 miles an hour. He's a weapon though, and here's what I mean by that. He has something that the hitters cannot hit. And it looks so good, that splitter, where it's, it's thrown, it looks like it's coming right down the middle of the plate, and then, boom, last minute, it drops off the table. I don't want to get rid of Hector Neris. I just don't want to have him as the closer. I don't want to have him as the closer. Put him as a middle reliever in the seventh inning when we're up six runs and he doesn't have to panic or anything because I think it's a mental game for him. Uh, nope. As far as, nope. as, far as time Hunter and go. Hector Neris go, I'm on two sides of the spectrum here. San, or, I know you probably want to. You would. You would be like, okay, why not bring back Tommy Hunter? Well, I'll tell you why not. He's not good. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dog, go on. Tommy Hunter. Okay, 
Tommy Hunter didn't have the best season. Uh, Give me uh, Hector Neris over Tommy Hunter. Whoa! Now you're Hector just Hector Neris over Tommy Hunter. Now you're just extreme. What is wrong with you? I'm Wait sorry. a minute, you dumbass! Slow Tommy down. Hunter doesn't. He doesn't bring you any. He doesn't. He doesn't have the velocity. He's okay. He doesn't have the velocity, right? He doesn't have that 100 mile an hour fastball difference maker. Okay, fine. If if you, if a pitcher throws a 93 mile an hour fastball, do they have that nasty changeup? They have that nasty breaking ball, the curveball. He doesn't have either one of those. Okay, you're talking about Hector Neris. Okay, you talked about Hector Neris having a 95 miles per hour fastball, but people are apparently still hitting it. So apparently, a 95 mile per hour fastball, it really don't matter because people it. are still hitting the crap out of Hector Neris. I'm not love. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on the tra- Hector Neris train here, going down I-95. I'm not. I'm not. I, okay, I get it, but. He brings you something. He brings you something to the table. It's like Roman Quinn. Roman Quinn can't hit a lick, but he brings something to the table, and that's his speed in center field. He got. He's the fastest player in the league, at least one of them. So he gives. He gives you a weapon either off your bench in a pitch running situation. The only you know, he- Hector Neris has that splitter. He brings something to the table. The only thing Hector Neris brings me every damn year is a headache. That's the only thing that man gives me. Hey, where do you stand out on this Hector Neris thing? You, why not bring him back? He's got. He's got a pitch that people can't. Nah. <laughs> if I see, I, I can't, I can't see Hector Neris back on this team. That means there, there weren't enough changes made. If we have what to a- keep Hector Neris on this roster, yeah. All right, let's see. My whole point is, there's like about four or five other names in that bullpen that I would get rid of before Hector Neris. Well, that, that's fair. We're talking about clearing the entire bullpen. This yeah, bullpen is the, the worst, worst in yes. MLB history. Agreed. And that's now, not just opinion. Do you bring back Phil Gosselin as a bench bat? It's only it's only a million dollars. Yeah, that's not. He's been only a million dollars. <laughs> I would yeah, take. We him, say that I would like take we him back it. in a heartbeat too. What about Jay Bruce? You guys a fan of Jay Bruce, or do you think he's past his prime? I like him as a DH. I like him as a DH. I don't think he needs. Hopefully, to be out he can stay healthy, anymore. man. We'll see what happens. I'm not, I'm yeah, not, just one I'm year. Sure. Remember when we got him? Um, and he was just, I think, what like three out of the four games he hit a home run or mm-hmm. something like that. It was just. He was so powerful in, what the, about uh, in the box right away. What about D.D. Gregorius? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, 100%. bring back D.D., yes. Now, do you keep Gene Segura at third base in this deal and you have him there for a few more years? Or, or not third base, excuse me, second base. I obviously have Boehm. But what do you do with Scott Kingry now? Is Scott Kingry going to take over for Segura? Because I know Segura, I don't know what his contract is off the top of my head, but I know he's not going to be here long term. Do you have Scotty come in there as your everyday second baseman? Because what I've seen from this season, he was one of the worst players on our team defensively a ton of errors or a ton of misplays and offensively he hit like 200 it's funny right it's, no, no you don't Scott I has pick fallen off. to keep what go ahead T no no I was just this gonna isn't say the, the presidential debate <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that Scott Kingery definitely has fallen off which is a surprise because you know we definitely sung his praises the previous season I mean def- defensively he was really good and you know batting wise you know we were talking about putting him you know one two so yeah. it, it it's it's kind of scary to see how much of a drop off he has gone through. That's all I was going to say. I think I would rather keep Scott Kingery than Gene Segura, but really, not put oh Scott my. King. Not listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> not put Scott Kingery as a starting second baseman. We can get someone else. Okay, uh, where would you we put can get someone else to plug in? Utility guy then. Yes, yes. He's he's just a utility guy. He's proved that he can be nothing more than a utility guy. Agreed, 100% agree with that. But here's the thing. I don't know who would come in and be an everyday second baseman. And I will say this. You know who had a really solid season there in Cleveland? Don't say don't Who, oh, who no. had a solid year am I talking about? T, who am I talking Cesar. about? Cesar. Cesar Hernandez. 
let let off almost every game there. I'm the, sick of this. He played really well. He got the layoffs. We're missing him maybe a little bit. Great defense too. He plays good, solid second base. Now I'm not saying I was a fan of keeping him, but listen, hear me out here. If we still had Cesar Hernandez, that solves our second base issue, and we also get him on a cheaper contract than Gene Segura would be. Uh, Scotty could move to the bench. Then you have uh, the problem here is left field. Is Andrew McCutcheon going to hold up for 162 games out in left field? No way, right? He's going to have to be the DH because, in my opinion, they're keeping the DH in both leagues now that they've seen it for the 60-game season. Now, if they don't, then you have to change things. But I think they're going to keep it. What do you think about? What do you think about Adam Hazley? I don't like him. I don't like him. I, you I don't want to give him more time. I think he's a fourth outfielder at best. Wow. Yeah, and I know we use the seventh overall pick on him. Wow. But yeah, no, I know people are going to say give him more time. I get, I understand it, but uh, he's had what a year, over a year now. I don't know. See, what do you think? Am I jumping the gun here on Hazley? I think you kind of are jumping the gun just a tad little bit, only because I say that because, you know, with baseball players, I know that it it takes a little bit more time to develop them. So I would still give him maybe another season or two. I'm not saying get rid of the guy, but I I guess Tanner, I think what he meant was, are you like him every day in center field? But I don't, I I mean. No, 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 not as an everyday center field. No, 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 no. But I, I do think we need to give him a little bit more time. Because Roman Quinn is the my, everyday center fielder next year. Is that yeah. correct? My question was more so, do you have confidence in Adam Hazley to plug him into the outfield when necessary? When necessary, yes. But as a I starter mean, every day, no. Adam, I'm just not a huge Adam Hazley fan. I mean, there's gotta be, I'd much rather have another, another a veteran guy who's been around that, that, that can has a little pop in his bat. Because that's one thing Hazley doesn't give, give you any of. He, he, I, don't, I think he has like one career home run. You know, he doesn't get he doesn't offer you the pop and he doesn't offer you the speed that Roman Quinn does. He doesn't offer you the bat that a Jay Bruce would would offer you, you know, from a power standpoint. He's kind of like one of those in-between guys. He he's kind of these like a little bit average to below average all around game. That's the problem yeah. I have with Adam Hazley. I I don't know. I, I think Roman Quinn, I get it. He his his bat is horrible. And I would kind of use him and they they bunted him a lot, and I would still do that going forward try to get him on base because he's almost like Billy Hamilton. He can just steal second or third if he wants to. So uh, we'll see. I, we'll see. I mean, yeah. the thing with JT, and I want to end it on this, unless you guys want to talk about, touch on something else. If we get, if we don't re-sign JT Romuto, that gives us a ton of money to go out and get an ace pitcher. And that would pair, we would pair that with, hold on now, hear me out. Pair that with Nola and Wheeler, which is where we were weak at this year. We were weak in the starting rotation and in the bullpen. If you have a, a stud in Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, and then this other ace that you would get, there's three guys. You would just have an Eflin, who low-key had a really solid year for us. Velasquez, we'll see about him. We'll see. I'm not 100% sold on him as a starter, but if need be, he can fill in there as the fifth guy. And if you have that solid rotation with a few bullpen pieces, you have Sir Anthony Dominguez coming back. You have Reese Hoskins getting healthy. Do, you, do we have enough bats is my question to – to make up for the loss of JT, but also on top of that, add to the pitching rotation. Like, are we a better team with an ace pitcher instead of JT? I guess is what this comes down to. So uh, I hate I, this conversation. So because I, I, this <laughs> there leads to an argument that Andrew Knapp will oh, be he's played better geez. down the stretch of the season, and that obvi- that that makes me cringe so Andrew bad Knapp was that people talk about Andrew Knapp. Beast. What the hell is going on? Oh, what a what a great year from Andrew Knapp and and T please T 
Please talk over this man. Go ahead. <laughs> your conversation. Yeah, Max, shut Andrew the hell up. Knapp Max, was a great player. This Max, year. shut the hell up. <laughs> All right. You I have to know. admit, the dude was hitting like 450 in, in not game this like entire year. It was about like game 40 of the season out of 16. This dude was still hitting 450. Max, shut the hell up. <laughs> just, just shut up. So shut give up. the man some credit. Now listen, <laughs> I know this is what this is. This is why we aren't the general manager. We don't have to make this decision, but. Andrew Knapp as this everyday catcher in a Phillies uniform. Matt, shut up. Anyway, let's get back to let's get back to the question at hand. All right, I'm going to answer the question. So I, I stuck my neck out and I said that honestly I would get rid of Reese Hoskins because I do think you have enough bats. But that was me considering that we had JT Real Muto. Now, if we don't have JT Real Muto, do I think we still have enough bats to get away with it? Mm, I do think we do to be able to pay for a pitcher. I do, but. Do I really want to risk that getting rid of by getting rid of JT? Uh, I don't know, guys. I, I I'm leaning towards no. I want JT back. I do. I agree with you. I agree. I want JT from you too. Like, but I think what what pains the majority of the Phillies fans is the pitching that they've watched this season, and the fact that all we had to do was win a single, well, one more single game. We just needed a single that. win. And if we had we we if we had a pitching a pitching rotation or pitching depth that was somewhat capable, somewhat capable. They don't even have to be good. They just have to be capable. But let's We're be honest here. With that one game, if, if we would have won that one game, would it really have been worth watching the Phillies in the playoffs? Let's be know, honest Jay, here. Anything happens in the playoffs. Man, I don't want to hear that. that. I don't want to hear that crap. You, anything so happens. You, you want to let the Nationals JT last year take. Look at the Nationals. They got into the wild card, one game wild card playing game against the Brewers. They won. They went on to win the World Series. You never know what happens when you get it. You want to let JT Ramuto walk after we gave up six dough for him and all the stuff we right. went through, and you just want to let him walk and yeah, clear it's, that. It's hole. an argument that, that you have thing. to you have to think about it. You have to. It's a discussion that needs to be had. You gave him a hell of a lot. What are we gonna do? Say okay, fine. We signed JT back. We don't have we don't have a, a ace pitcher in free agency. We get a couple of Jason Vargases out there. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 because this is what's going to happen. We're not going to oh, have God. the money to go out and get an ace pitcher. We're going to have to sign a couple Crap of Jason Vargas. So you're going to have Aaron Nola. You're going to have Zach Wheeler, Eflin, and then you're going to have a couple of Jason Vargases. <sighs> you also probably aren't going to have a ton of money to go spend in that bullpen either. <sighs> so here's my thing. The fact that if, if we had some people in the minor leagues that were young talented and we're coming up to the major league soon i'd be fine but we don't have that we tried that we went down to the satellite campus multiple times to try to find guys and none of them worked out so you're gonna have to spend money on the bullpen in order to improve it and i don't know what the threshold is as far as what's the maximum you can spend on the bullpen before jt you can't you can't get jt back it's gonna cost you too much the last thing I want to see is JT Real Muto in a Mets uniform. No, and I think we can. I think we can end it on that. Uh, I agree with that emphatically. All right, guys. If you guys miss any of this episode, you can always go to Philly Dash Experience. That's simplecast.com. Available on all major platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, the entire Shabazz. And look, Bird's Nest after every game every Monday. And listen, you want an in-depth look at Monday. the game? The Gridiron Films. Check us out on YouTube and on Instagram, y'all. And, oh, by the way, I would like to say a congratulations to all of us because now we are all college graduates up in this piece. Let's go. There we go. That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. We're doing a doggone thing. <laughs>
I like the golf clap there too. <laughs> <laughs> He needs to learn how to wrap that thing up. Kind of circumcising the mosquito. I want me some glory hole. Surprise, mother! I'm not giving Jerry Jones my money. F that guy.